What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Remo, talk to me, Jesse. You got to talk about your drink because every time you walk up, uh, have these podcasts, you have these uh, fancy drinks. What's going on? So, so it's three fifteen, and the only reason why I went to Starbucks is they have sandwiches, Jesse. Oh man! So you guys are going to hear me scarf down a sandwich while we're talking here. Yeah, but what, what do you got? Drink? What are you drinking, you know, man? Because it's a little fancy. I, well, I, I I had the nitro brew. That that's what I always used to drink. Yeah. And then one time they didn't have it, and the lady's like, "Well, I can make you a different drink. That's the exact same thing." I said, "Okay, well, that's fine." And so it's a cold brew. So cold ice with with some salted caramel stuff, hundred and ten calories only. So yeah, not one of those crazy ones. So you gotta work out so hundred and ten minutes. It looks uh, a lot more intense than it actually is. There you go. It's, just, it's cold coffee. There you go. Yeah, to go. Yeah, nice. Well, welcome back again. Yeah, we're uh, we're in a different setting now. Yeah, we're we're in the probably nicest. Um, I would say highest point in Uptown, right? Yeah. You're right. there's, there's not too many places. Probably the the senior housing they have six or seven. Nah, floors. this 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 is it. it. This yeah. is the cream of the, the the crop. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. So we're on the sixth floor in the uh, now Bank of America building, um, right? or Nixon building. Nixon That's what building. they refer exactly. to. <laughs> yes. Nixon I'm like two building. years old here. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're in the Nixon building. We're a floor above my office actually, uh, but the views here are. are Better than mine. The air quality, <laughs> too. It's so much better yeah, than yeah, yours. Everything so else. Down there, I smell rust and other <laughs> things. <laughs> oh, nice. man. So, uh, so, yeah, so we're in my office. Uh, and actually, we have the pleasure of interviewing Karina, uh, who's on the sixth floor. Um, and I'll let her introduce herself in terms of uh, who you are and what is it that you do. Okay. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, I'm Karina Reyna. My office is on the sixth floor of the Nixon building. I would say that I have a pretty awesome view. Um, I am a family law attorney here in Whittier. I also do restraining orders and I handle um, some criminal matters just depending on, on the type of case. So restraining, I know that's what we we're talking about earlier when before Remo got here. It's my butt. That's all you, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I know now who to come to just get you off my back every so often. Oh man. Yeah. See, that's what I was saying. I was asking Karina, maybe we should talk about it or not. But yeah. uh, it's his client that kind of rhymes with Shmimo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't give the full name, right? You can't give full name. Yeah. Um, in terms of obviously your practice, um, how long have you been in practice? Um, well, I've been an attorney now for, I want to say four years, and I've been in Whittier for three years now. Nice. My office prior to uh, the Nixon building was in West Covina. So I built a lot of clientele there. So you'll find me in the Whittier courthouse, the Pomona courthouse, or the LA courthouse are my primarily courts. Very cool. But how long have you overall, like in the industry, how long have you been around? Well, while I was in law school, I clerked for a family law attorney um, for about eight years prior to law school during undergrad. Um, and then I worked for, uh, right out of law school, I worked for um, somebody who handled entertainment visas. Mm. Uh, They're actually here in Santa Fe Springs. So I did that for a while. And then um, when I passed the bar, I couldn't imagine working for anyone. So I really opened up my own business within a month of wow. finding out the results of the bar. 
Wow, yeah. congratulations. At Thank that point, you. no clients, nothing. You just said, no I'm clients, doing it on my own. No clients, nothing. And I started really just talking to people on Instagram. Everyone thought that I was so crazy. Now you see a bunch <laughs> of lawyers on Instagram, but yeah. in the beginning... I had people tell me, what are you doing? Do you want to be one of those weird lawyers on a billboard or something? Yeah. And I thought to myself, wow, it would be kind of cool to have a billboard. I didn't even think <laughs> about that. Or of them. Right? All over. Yeah. Like, what what route do you take? I'll make yeah. sure to yeah. get a billboard there. Um, so I started on Instagram and I would get a lot of questions from people and clients. And I think that I was trying to target people like me that – you know, had kids when they were young that are my age because I kept thinking if I were to get a divorce or if I needed a restraining order, I don't know who I would call. I don't yeah. I don't know where I would go. I mean, I could go on Google and Yelp, but I spend a lot of my time on social media like everyone else does. So I started posting a lot on there and I literally built my business on Instagram. Wow. Yes. And what drove you to do or kind of focus on, on this specific practice? Well, it's actually funny because when I worked at my previous – when I worked at the law firm where I was at for almost eight years, I did not like family law. And I always said I would never do family law. Um, and I actually worked for the DA's office during law school and I got to work um, for the sex crimes division. I worked for the sexually violent predator unit, major crimes, and I loved it. Um but I kept thinking to myself, I, I can't imagine working seven to seven, having this crazy caseload because I have kids. So I opened my business and I opened my firm and I didn't really specify what I was going to focus on. So I started doing a little bit of personal injury, just stuff I knew, yeah. um, trust and family law, of course, because I knew it. Yeah. And and then I fell in love with family law. <laughs> It's not so kind of what you're focusing on? No, it, it really is what I'm focusing on. Yeah. Um, I do do a lot of restraining orders. I am one of the many few lawyers in the area that does restraining orders. And um, I, I say that restraining orders is different from family law because restraining orders, yes, they come up in, in family law because you know you can get a restraining order against your partner. But restraining orders also come up with neighbors or family members, um, so people not in a relationship. Wow. So, yeah. So I focus a lot on restraining orders as Podcast well. Podcast host uh, against, yeah. against each other? Or? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so when you finished uh, starting in family law as you're interning, what do you think brought you back to it? Did it just, you just land in it and after trying so many things, you said, okay, family law is kind of my my cup of tea? I think that um, I I chose to start working in it again because I knew it so well from from being a, a paralegal and a law clerk at the firm that I was at before. And I think that I didn't like family law before because I was doing mainly the paperwork, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't get to feel the family the law of inside it. of the courtroom yeah. and what actually happens. And I think uh, that the first case I had, I was like, wow, this is so awesome. These yeah. people are really intense. Yeah. <laughs> and this is just only one divorce. Um after that, I just started meeting people and I started realizing that I was really good at family law and I really enjoyed it. And a it has to do a lot with, you know, helping people in their lowest part of their lives. I mean, it's a divorce, child custody. It's very scary. And I find myself being part-time therapist, yeah. but it's very rewarding. And I really, I, I do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. In terms of like the whole divorce part, I know we we're talking about before the interview, like um, which I was shocked in terms of you know not be because we're having the conversation of why are these divorces not happening sooner, 
you know, can you go into that? Like, yes. Yeah, so everyone comes in and their first question is how, how long is it going to take for my divorce, you know, to go through and, and when will I officially be divorced? Well, in California, there's a grace period, um, or a cooling off period, like you <laughs> refer to it. It's a six month period. So for, so from the moment that you file, um, you are not able to be divorced until you hit the six months, months mark. Wow. And, and that's what she was saying. That's when like, the day you agree to file divorce, you have to, or file paperwork, right? You have yes. to wait six months before you could do anything and becomes official. Wow, Which, I did not know. So they're hoping yeah. that people just make up. Is that that is that the state level, like saying that it's six months? I I would think because a lot of people do end up getting back together during mm-hmm. the divorce process. Um, I think that it is a time for people to see if they're going to really work through it because some people do. They call, and I get a lot of calls saying, you know, I just found. Out, you know, my my partner is in another relationship, or uh, my partner and I are no longer agreeing. We want to get a divorce, and you know, you're in the moment. You're upset. So yeah. sometimes, you know, it, it does take a while, and you going through the steps for you to realize, you know, do I really want to go through with this? Do I not? I think that the if they didn't have that grace period, there would be a lot of divorce. Get back together, divorce, yeah. and there is a lot of that yeah. already. I, <laughs> I've had a couple of clients that say, "Well, this is my second divorce." Oh, okay, oh, same same woman. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> My date, you know, yeah. you don't know, have to get married. Me. No, you don't no get one's, married. No one's going to know if you're married or not. Like, exactly. Yeah. Only you yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, man. That's interesting. In terms of the whole custody, like, is there anything kind of odd like that, too, custody wise? Or, or not, um, uh, you're saying, uh, um, we're saying orders. Like, is there anything odd or kind of weird or something? Unique on those types no, of cases. Or? Um, restraining orders. I think that it a lot. It's a lot to do with getting people to really see that, um, especially in relationships, um, to see that they are victims of domestic violence. I think I get a lot of people that come in here, and you know, especially women uh, with their kids, and they're you know talking about things that they live through, and it 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 takes a while for me or a couple times for me to say that's not normal. And, you know, I, I had a couple of clients where, um, you know, they were being locked in rooms or, um, constantly being threatened or violated, like by being hacked into accounts or email addresses. And I'm like, that's not normal. And they themselves didn't realize it wasn't normal. So I think that when it comes to finally ending the marriage and you realize, you know, what has been happening and that you were a victim of domestic violence throughout this whole time, I think there's that process of really processing what's going on. Um, so that's that's kind of hard when I, when I have to break the news to someone that they've been a victim of domestic violence when they had no idea. Wow. Um, but as far as, you know, neighbors, those get interesting. Yeah. Because... I mean, how does that work? Because if you're not happy with your neighbor, what do you, I mean, well, it's not can't necessarily kick them that, out. Yes. It's not necessarily that you're not happy with them. It, it, it takes a lot to have a restraining order. So you have to be able to show that somebody was harassing you. Um, somebody is like impeding on your peace. Um, somebody's making it very difficult for you to just go on with your normal life. For example, I had a client's that came in because their neighbor was playing loud music at all hours of the night and they are both nurses and she mm. knows it. Um, so they mm. they did things like try to call the HOA and the HOA were say, was saying, you know, we can't really do anything. And it wasn't music all, all hours of the night. It was 
all day and all night, right? Yeah. Because their shifts are are weird. So um, we were able to gather a bunch of, of evidence against this woman and, and show that what she was doing was very intentional. Wow. Um, and yeah, and we were able to get a restraining order. But the problem is, is that they live next door to yeah, each other. I was going to say, how do you... So the thing is, is that the person being restrained cannot go near, can't come within 100 yards of the other person. Um, but it's hard when you're... Neighbors. Neighbors. <laughs> um, so the the way that it works is that she or he just cannot make uh, – so if, you know, one client is leaving, she can't leave at the same time. So she would have to wait. Um, mm. You know, if she sees him pulling out of his car, she needs to wait. If she runs – or if he runs into her at the store, she would have to leave the store. Wow. So it, it – it gets pretty hard to have a restraining yeah. order on you. I don't think that people really realize that. But there are a lot of neighbors that come in and they just don't get along. But it doesn't mean that it's grounds for a restraining yeah. order. Yeah. How many actual restraining orders out of, say, 10 actually become restraining orders? Where people say, I, I don't like this guy over here and I want a restraining order against him. That actually mature into that. Well, I think that um, I'm pretty straightforward. I, I will never lie to a client and I will tell them, you know, you don't yeah. have enough for a restraining order. I know that it's, it's annoying and I know that, you know, this is frustrating yeah. and this type of behavior is not okay, but it really isn't enough for a restraining order. Um, but once it does get past the level of restraining order, then most of them do get granted as long as you can prove that this person is disturbing your peace. And, and sometimes it is just excessive calling in one day um, or, like I said, hacking into someone's email or bank account or following them around, um, putting trackers on them, something that just rises to the level of making someone feel very uncomfortable but yeah. to the point where now – they just don't know if they're safe around you or just not in, yeah. in general. Wow. Man, it's, it's, it's weird how like some of the stuff – again, I'm, I don't know because yeah, I'm not here. in there. But yeah, for me, it's – as, as you're saying that, I'm processing. Well, I have fine my phone and my wife knows where I'm <laughs> Yes. Well, a lot of the time I get people that come in and they'll say things like, oh, they're tracking me. I'm like, well, we share locations, right? Yeah. I, what doesn't track you? Or, yeah. or people will say like, he has video of me. Is that is that okay? Like is – you know, is that legal? Yeah. Everybody has a video of everybody. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're always on camera. Yeah, you yeah. can't walk out any outside and and not think that you're going to be video recorded yeah. or taped or anything, right? Everyone has ring cameras. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has cell phone cameras. There's cameras on every business. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. You can't say. You know, people will present pictures and. And they're like, well, you know, that I didn't give them the the right to take pictures of me during the exchanges. You're in well, a public place. You're in a public yeah. place. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other people will say things like, um, uh, you know, he he keeps calling my, my cell phone over and over again. Well, yeah, because you're not picking up and he wants to see his kids. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't mean that it's grounds for a restraining order. Yeah. But if he starts doing stuff like he has the kids but is still calling you over and over again, uh, that's yeah. harassing behavior. Or now they're showing up to your work. Without a purpose, yeah. you know, other than to harass you. Wow, and, and it's interesting because you say that because, like, like I tell the wife, I'm like nowadays, yeah, with every with cameras being everywhere and everybody carrying a camera essentially on their phone, um, you have to act and and behave like you know somebody's watching you, right? Um, is have you seen um, with obviously everything that's available? It, it, it do you? 
And we should have set this at the beginning. It's a disclaimer, right? This is not legal advice, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. This is in no way legal advice. Every case is different. Every situation is different. Yeah. Um, I tell everybody that nothing I say is ever, you know, a broad way of handling things yeah. in a courtroom. Yeah. So even times that I think that I know the way the judge is going to rule – Sometimes it does not come out that way because yeah. it depends on what he had for breakfast, yeah. if the case before me upset yeah. him, if he's just not, you know, feeling very good that day. It could change the outcome of every single yeah. case. So, uh, with that said, with that legal statement said, what <laughs> um, what kind of advice do you tell clients when, like, in terms of like cameras and photos and stuff like that? Like, uh, do you always say, hey, you know, watch your text or watch your phone calls or? One hundred percent. I have to tell every client like. I really, honestly, when people come in and they tell me, oh, you know, we got, we got in an argument over text, I will ask them, can I see oh. your phone? Because oh. I need to see what is being exchanged. Yeah. Because I, I could easily have a client that says, oh, you know, he just completely cussed me out via text. But I, I didn't say anything back or I didn't say anything to provoke him. No, okay, let me see your text thread. So I'll look through and I'll say, you can't say things like this. Because <laughs> even though you know you think that you're just calling him out on being wrong or, or right, it's not okay. Because it does seem like you're provoking him. Or by you constantly asking, what did the child eat? What did the child drink? Um, are you not feeding him? That's that's just not normal behavior. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I always have to advise everybody, be careful what you text and be careful what you post on social media. Everybody posts on social media and the problem is is that things come up on social media. You cannot hide anything now. They don't go away, right? I no, mean it's there forever. It's there forever. Especially if someone screenshots it or maybe downloads it or does something. Exactly. Even if you go back to delete it, it's it, it still lives or yeah, can yeah. live. I, I had a client who um uh, had her her baby's dad uh, was filing to get more time, and he wanted to lower his child support by claiming that he didn't work. Um, she actually ended up getting a screenshot from a friend a couple of months before that a the business that he worked at posted. I guess they had issues, and he was. Um, talking about the business online publicly. So the business posted a screenshot of a conversation that they had had where um, he was asking them to pay him under the table because he was worried that his baby's mom would take him back to court. So she was able to get that from someone, you know, that that's a video or audio. It it was a a screenshot of what this business posted because they were like, don't listen to this crazy guy. Look at him, you know? (laughs) And we use that in court. Um, I had a, so now a, the IRS is after it. Yeah, <laughs> probably, right? I had a, a, a case that uh, got settled yesterday, um, kind of a similar thing. It was child support. He was claiming to not work, and there was Yelp reviews with oh. his name on it at a business that said, go see XX, first name, last name. He's yeah. a great employee. Yeah. Wait a minute, your client yeah. said he didn't work. Last <laughs> week he did this. <laughs> it, yeah. Great so, customer service. <laughs> so things are online. I mean, yeah. if you really, really, really want to find information, you yeah, can. Yeah. So I tell everybody, you just have to be very good. You know, and, and people worry about, well, I did this in the past or my profession or, you know, the way I was. Okay, well, now moving forward, you just need to be the bigger person for your yeah. kids. You need to be the better parent. If they're trying to provoke you in an argument during the exchanges, you know, just look at your child, talk to them directly and just say, hey, did you have fun with mommy? Did you have fun with daddy? Come on, let's get in the car. Just ignore the other person. And it's sad. 
it's sad in terms of like when it gets to that point because uh, I mean I've, I've been there for for couples that have gone through that process and you know obviously you see the goods where you know some parents are like yeah we're working together to kind of raise the kids um, but you got the, you usually get those couples that are just they just bitter man and it's like or they pin they use the children as yeah, kind yeah. of yes. ammo and so it's your mom did this or your dad did this and I think yeah. that's where it becomes really tough. Yes. And it's sad, man, because again, it, it you know we talk about you know raising kids and the kids uh, mimic what what the parents do, and yeah. and now you're just creating chaos, additional chaos, not without realizing that you're creating that chaos or future chaos uh, in this child's life, which uh, you know it's unfortunate, but you know it is what it is. And, and I tell everyone, you know, kids are going to be affected by a divorce or a separation, no matter yeah. what, no matter how old they are, no matter how much they tell you that they're okay, it affects them, right? Yeah. It, their world just changed in yeah. the matter yeah. of, you know, minutes because they didn't, they're, they probably didn't see it coming yeah. where, you know, as adults, you realize we're, we're not going in, in the right direction. You yeah. know, things are probably not good for a couple of months before you guys really decide to call it a day. But I think that for kids, sometimes it's a, it's just a slap in the face. Like, what yeah. do you mean? You yeah. were, were, you know, where am I going to yeah. live? What am I going to do? Yeah. These are questions that they have. So I, I just, I try to remind them that they need to concentrate on their kids and that their kids are watching and they're sponges. Yeah. And if I can give anybody listening advice, do not take your kids to your lawyer's office. Mm. I get very, very upset with people when they yeah. come in with their kids because yeah. I'm like, we're talking about very very sensitive information yeah. oh you know they're going to be on their ipad like, no <laughs> kids are sponges that's not their mic is on, on the iPad, <laughs> you know? they're not i mean or, or dad is recording <laughs> everything on facetime no yeah. but kids are sponges you know and yeah. and it may be that we're not saying anything bad about dad but it, it's not something that they should hear yeah it's yeah. not something that they should be involved in yeah, yeah. now with the three courts that, that you mentioned you know obviously going through the pandemic how did family law change over the last couple of years well, um, the pandemic really changed everything that we do. The one good thing is that the court finally um, allowed us to appear virtually, which was so awesome, and they're still offering that. So, yeah. um, because you know, if people are sick or out of town, or, yeah. or you know, we're just kind of going in there for a short continuance, um, we can do it virtually, which is great. Uh, they did get very backed up, though. The uh, the good thing about LA County is that they didn't really shut down family law family law for too long like other counties did. Um, so they were able to still take in paperwork and filings and restraining orders and stuff. Um, they just kind of kept pushing the hearings back until they were able to do this virtual uh, hearing setup. Um, but I mean, the main thing is that they they kind of got backed up, um, but. I, I, I don't feel like it changed too much. Like today I had two hearings and I was there for four hours. You know, sometimes I'll have two hearings and I'm there for half an hour. I'm in and out. Um, but I think it, it does have an impact on the families because there were a lot of people that continued to live together yeah. during the pandem pandemic because where and, are you going to go? And closer proximity, you know, yes. it's, with it's, each other for a long time. Like, yes. It's like, you know, there it's was like definitely the a spike in divorces. <laughs> definitely. Um, I, I mean, it's hard when you're home without yeah. work with somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's really like, are we going, are we going to be in this or not? Yeah. They're making babies oh, or yeah. divorcing. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, that was me. I, I ended up having a COVID baby. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, do you prefer man. virtual uh, like court appearances or from a convenience standpoint? Um, it depends on what it is. I think okay. because um, family law is very intimate. It's very, I mean, specific to people. And sometimes there is evidence that we have to present or um, I, I just think that the uh, the client would feel comfortable being with me yeah. and being in court that yeah. I think that it's better for us to go in person. But I I think that if we're just going to do something quick, like set another hearing or, or request, you know, a child interview or something, um, it, it just makes it very convenient to be able to do it virtually because the court was still in the Stone Ages. Yeah. You can't yeah. tell. Judge, can you mute your – turn off your speakers? I got to talk to my client, right? Cause, yeah, exactly. Because if you're in two different – like in the, in the Zoom room, yes. how do you have that sidebar type conversation with the client? You can't. Yeah. So you almost makes... have to – have them on speaker and just mute them. And, and we're not allowed to have our phones. So, oh, really? it, yeah, it gets because you can't record oh. the hearings. Okay. So, yeah, it, it just gets really hard. Um, so I'm always, we're going to court. We're going yeah. to court. But do you see this becoming like normal, like like a business practice where they're going to open up a division where now you could do Zoom uh um, I think I think it's going to stay. I think it's here to stay, which I think is really good. Um, we had a settlement conference with a judge, and she was able to um, put us in different Zoom meetings. You know, it was the uh, two attorneys and the two parties, and we were just talking about how to divide assets. and And she would talk to the attorney and her client, and then be able to talk to me and my client, and then just the attorneys together. So it saved us a lot of trouble of going to the courthouse and being able to sit there. And we were able to schedule it over the course of a couple of days. So the first day we were mm -hmm. kind of getting close, but she you know, had another matter to attend to. So then she scheduled us in for a virtual hearing during uh, lunch break the next day. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to kind of wrap it up where that wouldn't have been able to yeah. happen before. Yeah, yeah. That's a really uh... – tech advanced judge, right? Or is it the judge or the No, the I think that that's what they do. It's called a mandatory settlement conference. It's when uh, people have a lot of assets or just yeah. higher assets because they have homes and, and, and accounts and things like that, 401ks, pensions. Um, you're supposed to do a mandatory settlement conference with the judge, and it was nice that it was virtual. Yeah. But, but that's a very high-tech type process where yes. you're getting people like that's yes. that's pretty advanced that's not like you that's know, not the I, regular yeah I, I, as i think of a judge they're usually a little bit older right yes maybe the tech isn't the greatest in there. <laughs> so for them to like you know facilitate all that and to get to that finish line that that's pretty impressive and she wasn't you know a pro at it yeah. at it she's like wait a minute who do i have on the line <laughs> <laughs> who are you against sounds more like it. exactly <laughs> who is this again yeah. oh shoot let me get someone yeah. else hold yeah. on well, but it it, it Honestly, it worked and yeah. it was awesome to be able to handle it here and not have to go down to, to L.A. and be able to get um, this client's case resolved. And we ended up coming to a mm -hmm. final settlement and a divorce in a case that I thought they were never going to settle. So it, it was good. So walk me through like the the toughest uh, case you've gone through. I thought you were going to say the divorce process. <laughs> I know. No, I was no, like no. walking through the divorce <laughs> that's, process. That's, that's, a different, this is, that's a different consultation. <laughs> um, walk me through like uh, uh, the like the toughest one you've worked on that you're like, man, you know. Um, I think the ones that are really tough are move away orders. Um, what does that mean? Move, move away? away is where one parent is asking the court to allow them to move out of state. Mm. Um, but move meaning like take the kids Take too? the kids, yes. Oh, okay. Because once the court has jurisdiction over you, meaning that there's been a case filed and, and the kids are included, 
you will need to ask the court permission to be able to move out of state mm. or even move counties. But yeah. I think out of state is very is very hard because um, I, I get the reasons why somebody would want to move, you know, a job or family. But then you're also taking the child away from the parent and you have to be able to show the court that um, the child will still have time with the parent. So it requires us showing things like how much plane tickets are, um, how much travel time, where the parties can stay, like where dad or mom can stay when she comes over to visit, um, the hotel costs, the overall cost of the entire trip if she was to stay five to seven days. Um, I think a lot goes into it. But it's – and they interview the child as well. So I think that those are those are kind of tough. I think they're tough on everybody, right, because you have the parent that's so nervous that needs to move because their job, you know, is requiring them to move or because right now it's I can't afford to live in California. Yeah. I really can't. Um, but then you have the other parent that's like, well, I used to have every other weekend. Now how am I – what am I going to get? Yeah. You know, sometime in the summer, maybe holidays. Yeah. Um, so those, those are kind of tricky. And, and I would just say that, um, the divorces where you can tell who left who, where one party is still very upset or hung up on the other person and just making it very, very difficult to come to any realistic solution, um, or reasonable just outcome in general. Um, I, I think those are tough. Because where they're just dragging out the process just because they want to stay in the relationship? Yes, just where you can tell that there's just a lot of pain or emotion there and they just don't want to see things clearly. Yeah. Are are, are the kids always involved in any kind of divorce matter or is it just these specific ones where you get into these uh, like move aways? Um, kids are always involved, not necessarily in the divorce process. Sorry, yes. Like in terms of do, they, do the kids in court come up and speak or anything like that? Or no. Just um, so everyone always asks me, what's the legal age that my child can testify at court? Like, wow. Your child will never testify at court. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Judges don't like it. Attorneys yeah. don't like it. We do not want a child to come in and testify against their parent. Yeah. I mean – it, how uncomfortable is that for a child to be able to or to have to do that? Um, what the court does is they'll do things such as minor interviews. Um, they have PPAs, which is like a parent plan assessment. It's a marriage and family law therapist. She sits down and talks to the child, talks mm. to the parents, talks to the child with both parents at separate times to see how the child interacts. And then gives her recommendation to the court. Uh, when children are older, they can do what's called a minor's interview where they would talk to a marriage family therapist and the therapist would tell the court um, what the child has stated that she or he wants. Uh, with those, the court can still do whatever the court is going to do. I mean, they would just kind of take the children's, um, I guess, request into consideration, but it's mm. all, not always you know, set in stone. The other thing that they do is um, they could appoint minors counsel for the children. So if there's a lot of like my, you know, the older son doesn't want to be with dad, but younger son wants to be with, you know, dad and and there's a lot of going back and forth and this isn't working. Um, Or if there's just things that are coming up like abuse or, um, you know, other relationships that are getting involved. Uh, the court will order a ju- or a, an attorney to represent the kids, which is called minors oh, wow. counsel. So it's the kids' attorney. Yeah. So they talk to the kids. Um, they're supposed to talk to school, uh, 
aunts, uncles, anybody that's close to the children to kind of really get an understanding of what's going on. And uh, then they give a recommendation to the court. But oh. we try to leave the kids out of the yeah, actual like courtroom setting. Yeah. It sounds like a lot, it'd be a lot of damaging. Uh... Yeah, it's not pleasant. And I'm sure that's no. one of those things where you just remember that as, as your kind of your only experience, yeah, especially yeah. in the courtroom. So you probably never want to go in the courtroom yeah, yeah. again. Yes. I, I, I don't think that it's appropriate for a child to have to go out there because no matter what mom or dad has done, right? You, I mean, children still love their parents. Yeah. So for someone to go up there and actually say, I don't want to be with dad or I don't want to be with mom. I, I just don't, I think that that would just be so much more traumatic than the divorce in general and their life changing in general. Yeah. Well, regarding other than family law, what do you think your per overall percentage of business? Cause I know you mentioned trust and other things is family law, most of it? Or? Well, I began my practice doing like wills and trusts and personal injury. I think I did like one personal injury case. Um, but then I just moved strictly towards family law. Um, so I would say that family law is about um, 80% of my clientele. I have maybe about 15% is restraining orders that are not like domestic Divorces. violence uh -huh. restraining orders, maybe in between neighbors. Um, and then I would say 5% would be criminal. A lot of my family law clients will hire me for their criminal matters if something comes up. Um, but I was doing a lot more criminal uh, matters and I was taking a lot more felonies, but they just take up so much time. And with family law, I just realized you know, it's just one or the other. Okay. I, I can't be stuck in a jury trial for a criminal matter and have all of these pending divorces or child custody things because there's also um, in divorces or custody, there's these things called emergency orders that if an emergency happens and that parent has custody, we have to go into court within a day or two to get these kids back or, you know, to explain the court why the situation is not okay. Yeah. So I realized that it just would be impossible for me to do that. So just in case you ever have a criminal case, Jesse, you can't hire there you go. <laughs> yourself. Well, it depends on what you do. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, do you get those like midnight calls where like, uh, hey, yeah, call my lawyer, you know, it's like, and then there goes your phone ringing. Um, well, I don't give well, clients my cell phone number yeah. <laughs> for well, see, that particular reason. Well, family law is probably less, right? It's like, no, I don't actually, think... for family law, it's it's more. I, I, no way, really. I, act, I don't give clients my personal cell phone number um, unless I feel that I can trust them to yeah. not say, hey, I know that it's Christmas morning at 8 a.m., yeah. yeah. but <laughs> do you know if he's supposed to pick them up at 9 or 10? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I get it. In that moment, it's the most important thing in their lives because yeah. they're thinking, like, I, I, I need to follow a court order or something's happening. Um, so I tell everybody, you can email me. I have access to my email. But if you're going to tell me it's an emergency, explain your emergency to yeah. me because I under when it comes to your children, everything is an emergency, right? Yeah. But I can't drop everything what I'm doing to call you to find out that it's not a real emergency. Yeah. Um so, yes, everybody does call or, or you know, I get those uh, questions on Sunday where, you know, you're not working, it's your downtime and all of a sudden you want to think about your entire divorce. And, yeah. and so I, I get a lot of emails on Sundays <laughs> and holidays. Yeah, every day, I'm sure. Um, so you mentioned earlier um, having a baby during COVID. Is it was it your is it your first child? No, I oh, actually have three kids. Yeah. Okay. So how was that experience? Because we per, I personally went through with my wife, so I would love to hear your kind of side of it. 
Um, well, it was definitely different. Um, I, I do have three kids. I have a 13-year-old, an 8-year-old, and this baby that's now nine months. I worked all the way up until the very end. I think I was um, 36 weeks pregnant, and I, it was my last hearing. Um, and the, I had, The judge says, get out. Just he actually <laughs> did. He said, yeah. Miss Reyna, I don't want to see you again until yeah. after you have this baby. Go home. Yeah. And I said, I have one more hearing with yeah. you tomorrow, and then yeah. that's it. And he said, just leave my courtroom. Yeah. Um, so he I got I, a restraining order. Yeah, I know. Do not come yeah. back. I am ordering you yeah. to go have this baby. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was different. I think the protocols and everything about having a baby were different um, as far as not being able to have anybody to come into the hospital, being yeah. very isolated. Um, but I, I think it was actually nice. It was nice to be able to slow down a little bit. I mean, I don't think that anybody realized how fast-paced our lives are yeah. between – you know, having other kids in sports and, and working all day and then getting off to just yeah. go to a just sporting like, just event. Just right now, you're, you're going to be leaving. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it was nice to have that break. For me, it was. I know that other people were going crazy, but yeah. for me, I, I thought it was a good time to have a break. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. It was enough of a break for me to think, oh, let's throw another baby in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like too long of a break. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. That's funny. Um, in terms of like, uh, uh, I know you keep saying family law, but if you had to describe what that meant, like what kind of services, what kind of services would that encompass? So family law, um, the services are divorces. Um, when you guys aren't married and have children together, it would be called a, a paternity action. So it would just be child custody. Um, with that gets wrapped up child support. But there is a way of doing child support without doing custody, and that goes through child support services. It's a f something completely free, and you don't technically need a lawyer. So I try to tell people to do it on their own. Um, I try not to get involved with it because it is a free service. It's from the government, and, and they do all the calculations for you, and they – pretty much walk your hand, you know, walk you through the process. Um, but every now and then I'll get someone who's already my client that says, I need help with the child support service part and, yeah. and I can't reach anybody. So then I'll end up helping them with that. So, so that's kind of what it is. It's custody, um, you know, divorces, splitting up assets. Uh, the other thing that I do is prenups. Interesting. Yes. I, that was my next question. You're on the divorce side, but are you on the marriage side? Uh, yes. So, so I, <laughs> I'm Before. on both, yes, yeah. I'm on both sides. Um, yes. So I, I do a lot of prenups. Um, I always encourage everyone to get, to get a prenup. I, anytime anybody calls me, I tell them the fact that you're calling to ask about prenups is, means 100% you need to get a prenup. Here's my take on that. So uh, obviously, I don't know if I did this before we got married or it was after we got married, that conversation came up with my wife. And I think it was we were talking about because somebody was getting married and they were talking about prenups. Um, and I was obviously I don't know if it's a guy thing or just more of a I, I feel comfortable uh, in the relationship. But it was like, you know, if you came to me and asked me for a prenup or if I asked you for a prenup, I don't I don't know why we would get bothered. Like I wouldn't see like uh, why I should get mad and upset that you're asking me or that I'm asking you. But yeah. she was like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Well, I, I think, you know, when you get married, the idea, I, you know, yeah. is, is you kind of jump off together and you yeah. don't need a safety or a, what is it called, a parachute or anything. Yeah. And I think a prenup offers that where it's easy to hit the eject button. But if, if you have stuff together, it becomes maybe a little bit harder, maybe similar to that six months. Because me and my wife talked about it. And, you know, she's 
hasn't worked. She's not working as much as she is. So she's now the caregiver to the family and to the to the to our home. And so, you know, I'm in, in a sense advancing in, in, in our, my career, and she's taking the the home life. And so, if we were to kind of split up, I, I think it might be not fair that. I get all the, you know, if I have all the assets under my name and I have a prenup and she kind of walks away with nothing. And maybe there's something that would prevent that. But that was my, that's our conversation that we had about getting a prenup and then it got thrown out the window. So we didn't get a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell everybody, you know, prenups aren't valid until the divorce. And it takes away from the fighting of the divorce. Yeah. So you can make your prenup whatever you want your prenup to be. And a lot of people come in. Uh, talking about a prenup because they already have a business or they're already successful before marriage, right? And it, it takes away a lot of the drama from a divorce. And you don't have to think about a prenup during yeah. your relationship, right? The prenup only comes in at the end. I tell yeah. everyone, live your life like you never even had a prenup. Just yeah. continue doing what you're doing. The thing is, is that a prenup will pretty much outline um, – the the roles that everyone will will take or what they will take with them once the divorce is final. But if you guys end up buying stuff together during a marriage, right? Like you guys would become joint owners, so that would still just be split fifty fifty. Yeah, but if yeah. you had things before marriage, um, the prenup will cover that, like your business. Um, and and businesses are tough because how do you how do you pay somebody out the value of your business? I mean, what is the value of, of your business? Yeah. I, how would you put a you know a dollar yeah. sign on it? And she would actually take half of it. So yeah. for me, I mean, I think I have a million dollar business, but that's just yeah. me, you yeah. know. But if it comes to my divorce, my my business is only worth uh, two fifty dollars. <laughs> I got it's a, a non- desk. I got a couch. <laughs> it's a nonprofit. So it's, it's a, a nonprofit. <laughs> I actually do a lot of pro bono work. Um, so, but the thing is, is that it also, you can carve out spousal support. So I think spousal support is, is very, it's, it's a touchy subject. Um, like you said, you know, right now she's taking on the role of the caregiver. And I tell everyone, you know, everyone has roles at, at mm-hmm. home in yeah, a relationship yeah. and you can't blame the other person. Well, you know, you advanced in your career and I just stayed home. Well, you kind of made that choice together, yeah, right? You yeah. thought that that was what was best for your family at the time. Um, other people don't. Other people think that daycare is the best option and both of you guys continue working. Yeah. So a prenup is nice because whatever role you guys decide to take on with your family, um, you guys can spell out nobody will get spousal support. I always tell everyone to protect yourself from someone claiming that the prenup is invalid, right? Because in California, we don't think any contract is valid. Everyone can, you know, fight any contract in any way possible. Um, is that the per- the person making more money would actually just pay out something, something minimal, like 3500 5000 just to kind of cover maybe attorney fees so that you're actually agreeing that, you know, one is going to make more than the other and I'm only going to get 3500 or $5,000. Um, but even with prenups, issues still come up in divorces. But it it it's just takes that out of everybody. Like I yeah. keep my pension, you keep your pension. Because for some reason, there's always somebody that's very upset in a divorce because they didn't see it coming or because they didn't want to admit it or, or they just – you know, family background, they just never thought that they would get divorced. So they want to make the other person's life miserable. So it kind of just takes away that aspect. And I think that the prenup, you mentioned business. I mean, I was thinking just one-on-one, but obviously there's other people outside of just the two that are getting the divorce that it impacts. You know, there's a business that we're starting up and 
there's a buyout agreement and there's six people and they're all very successful people that have their assets and, and that came up. What happens if this person dies? What happens if this? So prenup in a sense takes care of all that for the business, for the other people that don't know our dynamics, me and my wife's dynamic, but they want to make sure the business is still protected. That we're going into business with somebody that's yeah. not going to get a divorce and now yeah. we have this, you know, this other person making our business a product yeah. of their divorce yeah. dispute. Yeah. Yes, it's it's very tricky. Yeah. Um, and also spousal support. It's it's hard because, like I said, everyone has roles. I mean, I I did work throughout our marriage. Um, you know, I mentioned working at at a family law firm, but I only worked part time. Um, I could have worked full time, but that was my role. My husband's mm-hmm. a firefighter, and he was gone a lot, so I wasn't working a lot. Um, I did eventually go to law school and and become an attorney, but if I didn't, I I think that you know I would have been okay being home with the kids. But then once you pass the ten year mark, being married, there's a presumption that spousal support should be paid for life. So the person making more would essentially pay the person that's making less or the person that doesn't have a job spousal support forever, which is kind of hard because if you got married at 22, 23, like I did, and now I'm 34 and decide I don't want to be with you anymore and you make a lot more money than I do, then from 34 until the rest of my life, unless I decide to get married, you're going to pay me spousal support, which is it's it's hard and a lot of people yeah. can't get over that but when you're upset and in a divorce that's the first thing you're going to go after how much am i getting for spousal support by the way hubby if you're listening it's it's she's just doing this as information <laughs> only not uh and you've passed the 10 years so exactly exactly <laughs> of no return now <laughs> exactly um so yeah, so I, I think spousal support ends up being a big thing. People's retirement, I mean, uh, everybody and, wants... And spousal support goes both ways. It's not m- the man supporting no, the woman. It's no. whoever makes the most. I actually have a couple of women who are now paying spousal support to men. And I mean, now we're all about being successful, you know, boss babes. Yes. Hashtag boss babes. <laughs> so um, yeah, we have... We have, like my husband says, he he always tells everybody, "I married up." Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like I'm not working overtime anymore. I'm married up. There you go. Just keep counting those years. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. I know we have to wrap this up. Um, uh, we'll get into our what are your questions. Uh, I, I did have a, a question. I know we started the conversation by you saying you were you recently moved to Whittier four years ago or so. Yes, it? I moved my office here. Yeah. I actually grew up in Whittier. Oh, I went okay. to Whittier High School. I went to Whittier College for okay. undergrad, um, and then I went to Southwestern Law School for for Got law it. school. Got it. Okay, so I, I thought you were out of the area and then you came to Whittier. I was going to ask what brought you to Whittier, but. Yeah, roots here. My roots, yeah. yes, yes. My my husband and I, we we both grew up in Whittier. We both lived in Whittier. We just moved to Hacienda Heights about six years ago, uh-huh. and I was struggling. I was struggling to move over the hill. It seemed so far. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed so far from Whittier. For, and now I'm like, I'm literally just over the hill. Yeah. I am not that far, but it was a big move for me. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean you want to take me away from our family? Yeah, yeah. Literally, <laughs> that, it's five minutes. I know. It's that five traffic minutes. on Colima will uh, get you, That traffic on Colima, it does. The 55-mile-an-hour yeah. traffic? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes it's backed up. Is it, really? it is. It's I don't think up. I've ever been on Colima, and I've, and I've it, have had any traffic. Oh, man. Oh. I, Oh, really? In you, the mornings. Morning and oh, afternoons, man. It's really? just, it's yeah. All the way over the hill and back now? Well, Davy Mar Vista. If you're going to win down this way. Then you take a, a left to uh-huh. Kalima to uh-huh. go over the hill. It uh-huh. just gets backed up right really? there. Really? I've never, I've never yeah. experienced that at all. Yeah. So 
There you go. Now you have to uh, go drive well, there. On what the... time is, is the traffic? So I make sure now? I dodge it. <laughs> now? <laughs> I, think, I think it's like 5.30-ish. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, about 5.30. But in the morning, I think between 7.30 and 8 because uh-huh. kids, I mean, cool. from Hacienda well, Heights will go to school yeah. in Whittier. Yeah. Whittier will go to school this way yeah. or, or work. Uh, yeah. Because in Whittier, we don't have freeways, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. people that want to get on the 60 yeah. will go over the okay. hill to yeah. jump on the 60 there. Um, or, you know, people that are coming over the hill will go this way to get on the 605. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, let, let's ask uh, the Whittier questions. Yeah. Um, so if, if uh, you know, when you want to enjoy a, maybe a meal or a beverage or a cup of coffee, what are your go-to spots here in, in the city? Um, Veracruz. <laughs> the kids love Veracruz. We have been going to Veracruz for years. No um, way. Yes, that is I our go. I have not been there yet. You haven't? That no. is our go-to Mexican next, place. Next the... to uh, Rocky Cola? Rockies. Oh. No, Rockies. 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 Yeah, yes. Yeah, Rockies. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, my other go-to place, I, I, I would say Calaveras. We like Calaveras for drinks or just hanging out. Um, Starbucks across yeah. the street yeah. across the street from my office. You'll see me there like every day, yeah. <laughs> Monday through Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm very curious. What What do you usually get there? Like, what's do you have a signature dish or anything? Like, I love the like green chilaquiles. Um, mm. the ceviche is really good. the The taquitos are good. The kids love the enchiladas there. It's just really, really good Mexican food nice want to yeah. check it out now. yeah yes. I, I mean we, i go to rocky's or at least i used to once a week maybe twice a week and i always see it and i'm like oh one day one day and we've never been there as many times as we go to, to there rocky's. you go man you can buy me dinner yeah let's next, the, next question Jason. they have <laughs> the menu that's um handwritten like oh, everyone's menu no is handwritten yeah it's oh, wow. it's a good spot yeah. it's a good handwritten spot. and copied or handwritten and copied yeah okay, okay. I, I believe so <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna inspect it next time actually <laughs> yeah, just one time yeah. Yeah. um what's uh if there's one thing missing in whittier what would that be like something that you drive out to uh or for or uh, something that you I know. don't know. The other day, I was excited when I saw that uh, In and Out was over here across the street from like where the Stater Brothers is, That's and right. they have a Canes. That's right. So I think that I would have said those things. Um, I don't know what's missing in Whittier. I I like the small town feel of Whittier. I think everyone knows everyone knows each other from Whittier, yeah. and I think anywhere you're at, someone will say, "Oh yeah, I, I have family in Whittier. Yeah. Or, I know somebody in Whittier. I grew up in Whittier." Um, Right, you know, I had a girlfriend that lived in Whittier. Yeah. <laughs> um, my ex-wife lived in Whittier. Oh, yeah, exactly. My ex-wife lived. At, you know, you know, uh, I got a restraining order against a guy. He lived in Whittier. <laughs> Sounds uh, about right. Yeah, it's fun because uh, when I'll get clients that come in here, they're like, "I've always seen this building, and I've never been inside it. I've yeah. Never been yeah. inside this building. Like, this is such an awesome spot." And I don't yeah. think that from the outside you really realize how beautiful the building is on the inside. Yeah. So they'll walk in the office and they're like, "I was not expecting." now if is there a fond memory and this is the last word your question is there a fond memory that you have maybe of Whittier that you say you know anytime I think of Whittier or or old memories this is what pops up I would just say I like the trails here in Whittier I like taking walks Um, my brother and I I mean we've been running you know the streets of Whittier, not like actually running yeah. them, running them, but, you know, running through, uh, doing our jogs, our hikes. I just think that 
that's always just a fun experience. Um, the hikes. I mean, we have awesome hikes, hiking trails in in, yeah. ha- in Hacienda awesome Heights, hike. but this one up here, this one's pretty intense. The Turnbow Canyon Turnbow. one. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, and and just knowing so many people in Whittier, because I, I think that a lot of people don't leave, leave Whittier. I think when you, when you grow up here and you're here, like you end up yeah. staying here. It's very yeah. rare that you hear people move out of Whittier. Because it's the community. I think once you connect with people, yes. it's, it's hard to just say, okay, let's go find that somewhere else because it's rare. Yes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yes. Yeah, so when I was looking for office space, um, because I originally I opened up my office in West Covina because I opened up uh, or I, I rented space from two other lawyers, which I was like, great, I have these mentors. Um, but I knew that I wanted to branch out this way. And I was looking at offices and I never even thought to look at this building. And my husband's the one that found it. He's like, oh, I just want to go in the building. Let's go. Look, <laughs> let's, go let's go look at it. And, and he's like, I don't even care if you get it. Yeah. And then we, we found the office and it was just awesome. And just everybody in this building and this community. Yeah. I think that everyone's just just great. I mean, walking around Uptown, you see familiar faces all day long. Yeah, yeah. No, and again, you scored on the on the office with the view. It's a corner office, so you have a, a almost a three sixty view, except for the one in the back is to the courtyard, which is not the fancy one. But no, it's uh. But I can but see looking, LA here. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes I'll see smoke, and I'll call my husband. Yeah. Like, Are you at that fire? Yeah. I see. It smoke. looks like it's in Paramount. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, know. I see. Over there, and uh, he's like, "What?" So, no. so you actually call it in before he. I know, else I call it in. No, no, I'm like, I'll just sit there with my binoculars. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I hear some crazy stuff downstairs. I'm yeah. like, yeah. "Oh, what's going on over there? Yeah. It looks yeah. like somebody's getting in a fight." Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I, I love. They might my need view. a restraining order. They might. <laughs> Go pass all my business cards. Yeah. No, no, that's yeah. actually illegal. It's called ambulance chasers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You mentioned billboards earlier, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know if we want to say the name, but it, it, it's uh, I, there is this one particular lawyer or lawyers, um, but there's one specific that me and my kids always um, kind of they always crack up because it's it has a it's she's a queen lawyer or something like that, and like and just those those um, the billboards are kind of like risky, like uh, in terms of how she markets that. Like, is that frowned upon in the community or is it just I don't, everyone for themselves and whatever gets your business? Everyone for themselves. Okay. Um, I think that that's her kind of trademark, right? Because yeah. it makes you think of, of that lawyer. Yeah, like, yeah. you'll forever know that yeah, lawyer. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's not the person that, you know, it's not, the, I, I think everybody's different if that's the person that she would like to be known as. Yeah. Um, I think that my billboard would probably not be as risky. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I'm like, I wouldn't call her. I mean, that's kind of weird, man. Like, yeah. Right? And I think I tell everybody, you know, it's really important for you to be able to, like, trust your lawyer yeah, and yeah. have a special connection with your lawyer. So yeah. maybe people that see her billboard are people that have a special connection there with you her, go. you know? I think that maybe you would not use her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's other people that, you know, want to hire someone because they're attractive yeah, or yeah. they feel better because, you know, they, they're going in with somebody that has a billboard, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the, the, the bigger names, it's more of like an attorney network, right? They're, they're not servicing the actual call, or are they? Like some of the, like I, I would say. It's like know, a referral type business. Yeah. Is it like Sweet James? They have a hundred billboards. So when you're calling, you're not, are you, you're not calling him. I would assume he's selling the exactly. opportunity. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like corporate big time lawyers yeah. that you're not going to get the lawyer on the billboard. Correct. You're going to yeah. get, you know, 
hopefully not the first year associate, but you will get someone down the chain. Um, But with me, I mean, you get me. So I I tell everybody, you know, you have to be able to vibe with me. I have to be able to uh, vibe with you. Uh, You know, whether you hire me or someone else, I always tell everybody you need a lawyer. You absolutely need a lawyer, especially if the other side has a lawyer. Do not go in there by yourself. Um, But you want to be able to trust your lawyer and be able to tell them the most intimate things that you wouldn't tell anybody. Um, So it's really important for you to be okay. And when you have places like that, I mean, you may get a lawyer for your consultation and then another lawyer shows up to court. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know how other, how people feel about that, but I wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. with that. I you wanted... want your go-to person the whole exactly, way through. Exactly, exactly. So if you had a billboard, what would that billboard say? I don't know, Karina Reyna. <laughs> just me, me. just my <laughs> I mean just my name. Yeah. I I feel like I've just built my practice on just being me yeah. and putting myself out there on Instagram, just being me. Nothing in particular. Sometimes I just go on there and I just rant about my custody cases and, and I get so many inquiries and questions about it. And I'm like, oh, I have to start doing this more often. But yeah, then yeah. I get so wrapped up with yeah, yeah. court and the kids that I don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's what's attracted people to hire me is that I'm here. And a lot of people do hire me because I'm in Whittier and they know that I, I have roots here and they feel comfortable. Um, you know, they'll say, I saw that you went to Whittier High School and you can't, you know, you're from Whittier and, and we're at the Whittier Courthouse. So that's yeah. why I'm hiring <laughs> yeah. you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> awesome. awesome. I'm curious. Obviously, I'm not inquiring, but just as a cost <laughs> of divorce, what, what is a, a typical divorce cost other than the outside of the assets and so forth? Um, I tell everyone that typical divorces are anywhere between like 5000 to I would say 7500 if everyone's okay. like in agreement or we okay. only have like a couple of issues going on. Um, but they can get really expensive. Um, and every case is different. So yeah. I, that's not like a standard yeah, I, retainer I going through. A, yeah, no, no yeah. every case is different. And, and it yeah. may be that you only need, you know, the – the end part of a divorce or, yeah. you know, yeah. you guys only need the beginning and then you guys get back together <laughs> and then later on you need it again. Yeah. But but it's worth it. That's, that's yeah. what it uh, is. Yeah. I tell everybody it, you need a lawyer. I, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people go in and try to do it on their own. And then three years, three years later, they're like, yeah. why am I not divorced? Yeah. I- yeah. The same <laughs> way you spent 20 grand or 40 grand for that wedding. It's yeah. worth spending money. So you go through the right process. I, I I'm not agree. saying by experience, but I'm how just saying. How long ago like, did you get married? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, um, so Karina, if, if they want to uh, um, obviously give you a call, um, how can they call you? Where they can they reach you? And then social media, where can they follow you? Um, well, they can call our office directly just by Googling us, Karina Reyna. Um, our law office is in Whittier. Um, and my Instagram is Karina Reyna Law. Um, yeah, I, I answer DMs. My email is on there. You can send an inquiry and I'm always available. I mean, not always, not, not on Christmas morning. Business hours. <laughs> business, yeah, business hours. Yes, business hours. But I, I try to get back to people pretty, pretty quickly. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, thank you for Can coming on. Can I ask on. one last question? I'm staring She's at She's going to charge you now for that. I know. <laughs> are those like Super Bowl rings? or? Actually, no. They are not Super Bowl <laughs> rings. They, my son plays a travel ball. Okay. And those are uh, rings that he has won. Um, only a few of the – he has a, a lot of them. But those are the two that I was able to snag from him uh-huh. um, from tournaments that he's won. And I'm, cool. I'm a super proud baseball mom. So I have his little Got rings it. So the there. whole time I'm, as I'm grabbing my coffee, I'm like, wow, she has Super Bowl rings. Or, or <laughs> 
equivalent. Oh, of you know, yeah, yeah. I, I do football on the side. Yeah, you know. Well, not yours, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Is somebody exchanging those for their yeah, uh, for I their thought. divorce? <laughs> no, for no, no, the no. retainer fee. <laughs> Here you go. I do not accept items for an exchange yeah, of no a retainer or anything like that, right? Uh, no, no, no. That's funny. Well, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. And at some point, we might have to bring you back again. Yes. And discuss everything else here going on in Whittier. You want to share anything you want? You want to let us know anything you're thinking of? Easy, no. easy, my friend. Um, again, thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if they want to reach out to you, you yes. can reach out uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Instagram. Yes. All right, Whittier. See you and thank you. Bye, Whittier. <laughs>